0: you're listening to the hockey podcast network new shows every day find us at the hockey or wherever you get your podcasts from
1: welcome to your canadians connection on rocket sports radio this premier hockey podcast, featured on allhabs.net, brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, hosted by Rick Stevens, with Amy Johnson and Chris G, Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadiens,
2: All right, everybody, welcome to the Canadians Connection podcast, episode 192 here on Rocket Sports Radio, where we keep you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Chris G, and I'll be one of your hosts today. Today is Saturday, May 21st. Happy long weekend to our Canadian listeners, and uh, I'm pleased to be joined in the studio by Michael Spinelli. How are you doing, Michael?
0: I'm doing great. How are you?
2: I'm doing great. Thank you. And also joining us, the editor-in-chief, the founder, and the president of Rocket Sport is Rick Stevens. How are you doing, Rick?
3: Hey, Chris. I'm doing well. And Michael, uh, to you and to our listeners, uh, happy long weekend. Um, the official start of summer, uh, and we still got some great hockey going on.
2: Yeah, there's hockey being played, and it's, well, it's very hot this weekend, <laughs> especially in, uh, in the area of Laval, so it's it's it feels like summer right now.
0: Yeah, I'm a little bit disappointed. I had to turn off my AC so I wouldn't make any extra noise while recording. So I'm sweating a bit, but uh, I'm happy to be here.
2: You got your Mr. Freeze on the side? Oh, yeah, definitely. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Coming up in today's episode, well, we'll have news from around the Canadians' organization, including an update on the Laval Rockets' playoff run. In the Big Topic segment, we'll discuss how the Canadians may reshape their defense for next season. We're going to have some headlines from the the hockey world, content from the various rocket sports media platforms, and a lot more in uh, today's episode. And just a reminder, you know, to check out Habs Notepad, published on Mondays on allhabs.net, and also Habs headlines posted uh, regularly during um, during the week. With with lots of interesting headlines, and here's a headline from this past week. And and Michael, you could get us kick kick us uh, off with this one: the Canadians Foundation making a donation.
0: Yeah. So the Montreal Canadians Children's Foundation awarded five hundred and seventy thousand in donations to forty one community organizations across Quebec. Uh, I think it's always great when um, I guess sports does really nice things for the community especially something like this uh, a lot of the projects that uh, the Montreal Canadiens organize or uh, foundation supported uh, w- benefit youth uh, coming from low-income families uh, typically uh, leisure activities and uh, sports and whatnot can be a major uh, barrier for uh, these kids and actually getting to participate so uh, it's an initiative that helps uh, provide equipment, infrastructure, programming uh, to thousands of uh, those who are uh, disadvantaged youths, And uh, it, honestly, I love charities like this. Uh, sports, especially hockey, can be very expensive. And uh, it's nice to see that uh, the Montreal Canadiens have uh, really made hockey available for everyone.
3: And putting the, 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 through the, the Blue Blanc Bouge program uh, the community rinks that they've done. And, and to be honest, I've lost count in, I think it's up to seven or eight uh, rinks that they have all over in, in uh, various communities uh, to provide the, the ice uh, where uh, young people can, can uh, learn to skate and, and uh, um, have something to do uh, in, uh, in the winter months.
2: Yeah, very grainish by the by the, the Canadians and, and those ice rinks. Like I've I know at least a couple of them where they are by location and in especially in the winter, there's always people on them, which is uh, great. Which is the intention of those uh, ice rinks. Uh, on the ice, there was members of the Montreal Names Organization representing the respective countries at the IIHF World Championship in uh, Finland. Uh, we also know that. Members of the Canadians' hockey operations staff are there to scout the tournament. You know, they have that big first round draft choice coming up in case you you haven't heard. Like, it's not like it was all over the news for the past uh, week or so, but, you know, breaking news, I guess, for those who didn't know. And, and Rick, there's a, there's a handful of Canadians' uh, players that are playing for uh, their respective countries.
3: There are, and we've talked about them before. Uh, Jola Armia for Finland, Josh Anderson playing for Canada, Sean Farrell and Jordan Harris. Uh, Jordan Harris hasn't got into a game yet, but both are there representing the United States, and Frederick Dekal, the goaltender for um, Denmark. Um, and uh, I... I you know, it's it's uh, it's good to see them uh, in the in the lineups. Both uh, Anderson and, and Armia have been, uh, and Farrell have been um, um, piling up the points. Um, I guess for me, and and maybe Michael will speak to the games, but uh, for me, uh, I, I would like to focus a little bit more on uh the canadians brass the the hockey ops staff that are there uh, because we remembered that these world championships have a couple of different purposes and and before he went over we we heard from kent hughes and he said he had not yet uh had a chance to see um you know some of the players that uh they're going to be that they're scouting uh in particular uh Yuri slavkovsky from slovakia uh one of the the players who may be selected in in the top three um and so the canadians have a whole crew over there and it's Kent hughes it's jeff gordon it's uh, martin lapointe uh vinnie le is there uh nick bobrov who we haven't really seen much i've ever heard from um but uh in charge of amateur scouting and uh so they they're there and and uh vinnie le was uh, the only one um who uh, has spoken to the media? Spoke to the Slovakian media, and said that they're there um, not only to look at a player like Slavkovsky, uh, but other top players, uh, whether it be Nemets or uh, Jurček, um or some you know other players that they may take later in the draft. So, um, as I said, nice to to see the Canadians' players uh, participating, but there's a whole other serious purpose as well.
0: I guess uh, from the perspective of more the Canadians players currently in the organization, it, it is a really nice opportunity to see some players like uh, Frederick Decau, who I don't think many fans have had a chance to see yet. Uh, he played at uh, the Olympics earlier this year for Denmark. Uh, he, he got into one game. And so far in this tournament, he's made one appearance. Didn't really go so well against the Swiss. <laughs> it was a 6-0 loss. He came in uh, partway through the game. But uh, that's a big goaltender that uh, you get a, He has a really nice opportunity to gain some experience uh, playing with uh, Team Denmark against some high level competition that I don't think he would normally have. And then uh, Joel Armia and Josh Anderson have both looked great for their respective teams. Anderson is currently 10th in the tournament in points, which is good to see. And then uh, Sean Farrell, um, he he made a great assist uh, for Team USA uh, the other day, setting up Hughes for an overtime winner. So it's another opportunity to see a younger Montreal uh, Canadiens player that uh, maybe fans haven't had a chance to watch yet. Hopefully Harris gets into a game at some point here.
2: Yeah, hopefully he he does. And and earlier today, like uh, Team Canada lost six three against uh, Switzerland. Uh, Josh Anderson's his four game points streak was uh, snapped in uh, in that game. So there's there's still some hockey to be played uh, in that tournament. Uh, former Canadian winger Alexander Semen he announced his retirement from hockey uh, this week. He's spent the last five years in the KHL, and well, he had a I don't know if I'm I'm exaggerating when I'm saying. He had a great career with the Canadians. He played a whole 15 games with the Canadians and collected, uh, four points.
0: Yeah. One goal, three assists with the Canadians. Very brief stint. Uh, this followed him being bought out by the Carolina hurricanes. He had a five year contract there that uh, was not looking very good. Um, so on December 9th, 2015, uh, Montreal Canadiens put Alexander Semen on unconditional waivers for the purpose of terminating his contract uh, so that he could go and sign overseas. I think more often than not, Semen was a guy that was thought of as one of the most talented players in the NHL and a very consistent scorer early in his career. Unfortunately, the effort level was not always there. He always was somebody that maybe if he tried a little bit harder, he could have been the best player in the NHL. But uh, great NHL career, though, uh, 650 NHL games, uh, 517 NHL points.
2: Uh, former, Well, I shouldn't say former Canadian prospect, Otto Laskinen. He signed a two-year deal with uh, Frolanda. Laskinen uh, played with Laval for two seasons from 2019 to uh, 2021, collected uh, 39 points in 85 games in the American Hockey League, and Rick, he also got an opportunity to play six games with Canadians, where he was held scoreless.
3: Indeed, he did, um, and and we remember him from that twenty twenty one season in Laval. He was he was probably uh, Laval's best defenseman at that point. Um, went over, uh, played for Jokerit in the KHL. Um, and then with everything that happened um, in, in the, the KHL, uh, he's going to move to uh, Forlunda uh, next season in the SHL. Um, and uh, we'll be there for two seasons. Uh, we should say that the Canadians still uh, hold his right. Re- oh, I should say um, Forlunda, where do we know that name from? Well, uh, Matthias Norlander just uh, just finished uh, with Forlunda. Uh, but the Canadians have his rights, uh, Otto Leskinen's rights, until 2024. Uh, so there's still a possibility uh, if you're holding out hope for uh, Leskinen to come back to North America.
2: Uh, Canadian's goaltender, Jake Allen, uh, he was the Canadians' finalist for King uh, Clancy Trophy, but he was not part of the three finalists in the the league. The finalists are Ryan Geslaff from the Ducks. Darnell Nurse from the Edmonton Oilers and uh, former Montreal Canadian defenseman uh, PK uh, Subban.
3: Pretty tough competition there for Jake Allen, and and you know we uh, nothing against uh, the work that he's done. His his uh, foundation uh, called Program Thirty Four uh, has been very successful, and um, in raising money for um, his home uh, province of of New Brunswick. Um, and uh, I think it's about a, up to a half a million uh dollars uh over his past tournaments, his golf tournaments. Um, so uh, if if you're in that area uh this summer, uh, make sure you uh support Jake Allen and uh and his charity work.
2: Gary Price, he was the Canadian's. A nominee for the Bill Mastin Trophy. And well, this week the NHL announced the three finalists for the Bill Mastin Trophy. And Carey Price is one of the three finalists. And just a reminder, the trophy is awarded to the NHL player who best exemplifies the qualities of perseverance, sportsmanship, and dedication to hockey. The other finalists uh, against Carey Price for that trophy are under defenseman Zdeno Chára and the Philadelphia Flyers forward Kevin Hayes, so for all three of them uh, you know great stories for uh, all three players
3: for sure um, and the, you mentioned the word perseverance um, the embodiment of perseverance was uh, Carey Price's uh, struggle and dedication to returning which he was able to do uh, to the game at the end of the season
2: and and finally we're going to check out the Canadians website and Rick, like I, I know you're on top of this. I know you stay there and you click refresh every couple of seconds. What does it look like now?
3: Uh, let me just we'll refresh it live for you. We remember that uh, Kent Hughes said that uh, Sean Burke um, was never um, appointed as uh, director of goaltending. That it was just a discussion between uh, Burke and uh, Mark Bergevin. And as I refresh, uh, Sean Burke is still listed in hockey operations as the Canadiens' director of goaltending.
2: I know, and I thought maybe the Canadiens' webmaster went on vacation or something. That's why they didn't have time to update it. But if you look at it, Christopher Boucher, who <laughs> was hired
3: last week, he's there. Just ahead of Sean Burke, yeah.
2: Yeah, so so they went in there like to to, uh, to make the updates. And well, <laughs> like you said, Sean Burke is still
0: there as the director of goaltending. So We'll have to so reach that's... out at some point to confirm everything. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I'm not even sure the Canadians know what's happening either at this point. (laughs) All right, time now to move on to the Canadians' prospect report.
1: This edition of the Rocket Report is brought to you by AHL.Report, your premier source for the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network.
2: Well, the Laval Rocket, they're still playing. They're still in uh, in, the, in the middle of, the, of their playoff run uh, since the last episode. They, they played uh, a couple of games, two games. It was game four last Saturday in the series between the Laval Rocket and the Syracuse Crunch in the North Division semifinal. A victory would allow Laval to win the series in front of a sellout crowd at Plas Bell. Unfortunately for the Rocket, the Crunch tied the series 2-2 with a 3-0 shutout victory. And Syracuse was the first team in 48 games to shut out uh, Laval. The last team to blank the rocket was the Hartford Wolfpack on uh, January 15th. So that means that the series finale was on Monday in Syracuse. It's a best of five series. The crunch, they had a 2 0 lead midway through the second period when Alex Belzil, he redirected Louis Pedio's point shot during a power play for his fourth goal of the series. And then we fast forward to the third period with 39 seconds remaining in regulation and uh, Caden Primo was on the bench for the extra attacker when Cedric Paquette kept the Rocket alive with his second goal of the series. Nothing more exciting in hockey than the playoff series being decided in overtime, and while it was a happy ending for the Laval Rocket as Gabriel Bourque, he beat the Max Lagasse to give Laval a 3-2 overtime win and a 3-2 series win against the Syracuse Crunch. So Laval, they had to wait until Thursday to find out their opponent for the North Division Final as a series between the Rochester Americans and Utica Comets also needed five games to determine the winner and the Rochester Americans came out victorious and the series between the Laval Rocket and the Rochester Americans uh, begin on Sunday and Rick Laval heading to, I guess, to what the HR calls round three of the playoffs. It's exciting news.
3: It's it is exciting news. Um, this is the first time, and we've mentioned it before, that uh, the Laval Rocket have have made the AHL the Calder Cup playoffs, and and um, uh, you were able to uh, defeat uh, Syracuse. Um, didn't they? Didn't well, with both of these teams, with Laval and Roger, Rochester, they don't make it easy for themselves. Um, you know, Rochester backed into the playoffs essentially uh, on on the last day of the regular season when the Marlies lost. Uh, then they had to go into a play-in round and and beat a very good uh, Belleville Senators team. Uh, then they were matched up against uh, the best team in the East, that being the Utica C- Comets, and uh, they won that. Uh, and Laval, uh, same thing. Uh, they, as you said, they could have won the series at home. Um, but but got shut down in Game Four, and then had to go into Syracuse, a very difficult building to play in. Uh, went down two nothing, and had to claw their way back and, and win it in overtime. Very exciting for fans. Very exciting for the organization. But my goodness, uh, both of these teams uh, already in in um, you know early in, in these playoffs are are kind of battle tested, and um, and it's it's going to be a, a really interesting series.
2: And when it went to nothing like game five when the Rocket was down, I thought that it was over. The season was over because even in the first two periods of that game, uh, Syracuse out were were out playing Laval, and Laval really showed up, I would say, in the third period. That's where they had their best period and they were able to you know get that time goal right at the final moments of that game uh, to win, to force overtime and win that series. And the series between the Rocket and, and the Rochester, like I said, they begins so- on Sunday at Plas Bell. Game two is the following uh, night, Monday night in Laval, and then Game three is on Wednesday in uh, in Rochester, and then if needed, Game four is on Friday in Rochester, and then Game five would be next Sunday uh, in uh, Place Bell. So there's a potential that, you know. By next week's episode, that this series is already over, either <laughs> either way. So it'll be a pretty. Uh, we'll we'll know what's the outcome of this series pretty uh, pretty quickly.
3: And and watch out for Rochester's offense. Uh, they're the the forwards that they have um, right now in playoff scoring. Uh, Rochester has th- uh, three of the top four scorers in the AHL: line and JJ Paterka and Peyton Krebs. Uh, and they have the potential, um, you know, they're missing a couple key forwards in Michael Mersch and uh, Linus Weisbach, who played with uh, Cole Caulfield in Wisconsin. They have the, the potential right now. Aaron Dell is, is in net, but they have the potential of, of getting Uko pekka Lukanen back, uh, which would be a big boot. This is going to be a, a really good series and uh, Laval is going to have to be ready for it.
0: I'd like to give a little shout-out here to uh, Caden Primo, if I may. Uh, I know it was Kevin Poulin that started in in the playoffs for the Laval Rocket, but uh, I just wanted to say that uh, Primo, since stepping in, he's looked really good. I think he's really uh, solidified uh, that uh, Laval goaltending and kind of reestablished himself a little bit. So as good as uh, Rochester is, I think uh, Laval is going to be some stiff competition there.
3: Yeah, I think that, as you said, uh, it, as the series went along, he started, Caden Primo started very shaky and, and had trouble t- uh, tracking the puck, uh, trouble uh, playing the puck outside his crease, uh, and he was well protected uh, by, by his uh, Laval Rocket teammates. But as the, the uh, series went on, uh, he got better, he got more confident, and he looked very good um, as the, the series closed.
2: Yeah, and right now, as we speak, he's fourth in the NHL playoffs for goals against average and third for a save percentage. So he's definitely been uh, great uh, between uh, between the pipes for the Laval Rocket. And well, according to the La, to the La Presse newspaper, well, the Canadiens, they might get an extra body joining them. Uh, sorry, the Laval Rocket could get uh, an extra body joining them. And it would be Canine's prospect Riley Kidney, uh, his playoff run with uh, Z Bathurst Titans in the queue is over. And, well, according to the newspaper, he'll join the Laval Rocket for the remainder of the playoffs. Uh, Jean-François Houle, he was asked about it on uh, Friday, and he said, well, they're not sure yet that if he'll join the team. But if he does, it would be good experience for him. And... You know, uh, Kidney, he was the Canadian second round draft pick, number 63 overall in the 2021 draft. And he had, you know, a great regular season, 100 points in 66 games in the regular season and in the playoffs. He finished at a point a game with eight points in uh, in eight games. So th- let's, uh, let's assume that he will be joining the, the Rocket. It would be some good experience for him to be around the team, regardless if he plays or not.
3: Great experience for Riley Kidney. And, and what a boost when you can add a 100-point player from the queue. Um, uh, what a boost for Laval. Now, uh, J.F. Fool is, is rather cautious about introducing uh, players into his lineup. We saw that with Matthias Norlander. Um, but uh, And the other part of this is I think Riley Kidney has uh, something to prove. Uh, he arrived at training camp and uh, was a little bit awestruck and, and uh, didn't have a great training camp because he was a bit overwhelmed. And I think he wants to prove to the organization, once he gets his chance, uh, that he certainly belongs and, and uh, has earned a, a place in the Laval Rocket lineup. So um, we talked about I talked about the, the, the players who may be added to the Rochester lineup. Well, Riley Kidney would be a big boost to the Laval Rocket lineup.
2: And uh, be sure to uh, head over to Report for complete coverage of the Laval Rockets playoff run and anything to do with the Canadians' uh, prospect. And don't forget also to listen to the Press Zone podcast with Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens every Tuesday on your favorite podcast app. And while you're there, don't forget to rate, subscribe, and tell everybody about the uh, Press Zone uh, podcast. Some news and notes now from the world of hockey. Uh, a lot of uh, changes when it comes into the coaching ranks in the National Hockey League, and it began on uh, Monday when uh, Pierre de Bauer, he was fired as head coach of the uh, Vegas Golden Knights.
3: Pete de is a very good coach, thought of as one of the, the better coaches uh, in the National Hockey League, uh, but we know the folks in Vegas are not patient. They missed the playoffs this year for the very first time. Uh, and they don't want that to happen again. So, um, you know, uh, when there's a coach out there like Barry Trotz uh, fired by the, the Islanders, uh, there's going to be a lot of suitors. We saw uh, Barry Trotz uh, was interviewed by the Chicago Blackhawks this week. His name has been bandied about with respect to the, the Winnipeg Jets. Um, and I'm sure that uh, the Vegas Golden Knights will line up as well um, to, uh, to, to, to see if they can entice uh, Barry Trotz. Uh, but a little bit of a surprise with Pete DeBoer. Um, and, and now he becomes available. And um, you know he's very close friends with Paul Maurice. Does that mean um, you know he would be under consideration in Winnipeg? There's there's certainly a possibility there, or he has another year left on his contract. Um, he might just sit out and wait to see what happens.
0: Yeah, Vegas will be looking for their third coach since joining the league in 2017. <laughs> yeah. So well said with impatient. <laughs>
2: And uh, speaking of Barry Trotch, his uh, previous role as a head coach of the New York Islanders, well, the, his replacement was hired. It's Lane Lambert, who was an assistant coach for Barry Trotch. He's going to take over for the, the position starting uh, next season.
3: Uh, somebody with a lot of, of uh, experience. Uh, started in the, the WHL uh, with Moose John Prince George and and then worked his way up. Uh, with the in the AHL, um, and for the last five years or so, has been the assistant or associate coach to Barry Trotz. So uh, not a not a surprise there that Lane Lambert uh, moves into to that role. Um, if you've heard the name, maybe you're following the draft because uh, his nephew Brad Lambert um, is one of the top. 10 top 15 uh, draft eligible prospects for this upcoming draft
2: uh, Rick bonus he, he stepped away as head coach of the Dallas Stars on the Friday he was an expiring contract and he decided that he will uh, I guess he'll look for other opportunities but it won't be with the Dallas Stars and his assistant coaches as well uh, will not be returning with uh, the Stars for next season
3: I like Rick bonus. Everybody likes Rick bonus. Um, he is one of the older, uh, coaches in the national hockey league at 67 years old. Uh, I remember him from, uh, the Winnipeg jets days. Um, he, he took over, um, in kind of a difficult circumstances, a couple of years back, um, uh, when uh, Montgomery left, um, and, uh, kind of stepped in and helped out as head coach and, and has been there for, two plus seasons as head coach now Um, and uh, looks like it's uh, and he had some uh, difficulties during, during COVID. Um, So he's um, uh, I I think this was kind of a mutual decision between Dallas uh, and Rick.
0: Yeah, Rick Bonus. Uh, he was the first coach for the reincarnated Ottawa Senators that came into the league in the nineties. Uh, obviously, that didn't didn't go too too well. He spent a lot of years as an assistant uh, for various teams after that, but uh, finally got another opportunity as a head coach in Dallas. And I thought he did a wonderful job there.
2: Mm-hmm. The, the NHL also announced the the finalist for the Jack Adams Award for the the uh, the best coach. And the three finalists, Andrew Burnett of the Florida Panthers, Jacques Gallant of the New York Rangers, and Daryl Sutter from the Calgary Flames. And guys, I'm going to start with you, Michael. Any surprises from that list?
0: Nope, not at all. I think that's about what I expected. And to be honest, I don't know who uh, the clear frontrunner would be out of this group. I think all of these guys have done a great job coaching their teams. And uh, yeah, I, I honestly I don't know who I would pick to be uh, the winner for this award.
3: Yeah, I agree. All of them are are have had great seasons, and they're all um, really de- deserved in their nominations. Um, I just wish we, Canadians could get their hands on one of these guys, like a you know a Gerard Gallant or somebody. <laughs>
2: and uh and we'll move on up to the next news uh bruins forward patrice bergeron uh, he in his post season and i guess i've say his end of season media availability said that you know for next season he's either going to return to boston or he's going to retire so all the fans hoping that bergeron signs much, montreal canadians next season it looks like uh, Bergeron crushed all those uh, all those dreams. So some people might
3: have had nightmares that night. Broke their hearts, absolutely broke their hearts. The you know we've heard in the off season um, on social media that oh it's a lock, put it in the bank. Uh, Patrice Bergeron, uh, Chris Letang, uh, they're coming to, to Montreal next season. Well, with respect to Bergeron, that's not going to happen.
0: Uh, when you have the type of legacy that Bergeron has with the Boston Bruins, why would you leave the Boston exactly. Bruins? Mm.
2: Uh, an update from the Stanley Cup playoffs. Well, it was a big day last weekend. It was actually last Saturday. Rick, I want you to tell us what happened that day.
3: Well, what a wonderful day for uh, Canadians fans. Um, you know, the the Canadians had just uh, the previous week had uh, won uh, the, the saw themselves as winners in the draft lottery with the Canadians getting the first overall pick. And then their two most bitter or hated rivals uh, exit the playoffs in the first round, that being the Boston Bruins and the Toronto Maple Leafs ousted um, in the first round of the playoffs when both were expected to go a little bit further. And uh, our Facebook page, Facebook. .com/allhabs, the 50,000 people well it was, it was invaded by more than 50,000 people. It exploded, and there was great celebrations uh, at seeing uh, the, the leafs and uh, Bruins bounced.
0: Yeah, normally we see a lot of Leaf fans and Bruin fans uh, going to the All Habs page to terrorize Canadians fans, <laughs> yes. so it was nice to nice to play the reverse Uno card on that one, um, it's going to be an interesting offseason for both of those teams I don't know what they're going to do, Toronto still hasn't won a playoff round since 2004, I was like 2 at that point, so <laughs> uh, no coaching change, no GM change so who knows
2: what's going to happen, more of the same I guess mm. Uh, Canadians made uh, a couple of trades at the uh, 2022 trade uh, deadline. And, well, all the Canadian skaters that were traded at that time have all advanced the second round of the playoffs. Tyler Tofolio with the Calgary Flames. And just a side note that the Battle of Alberta has been quite a series between those two teams. Uh, ben Charrat to the Florida Panthers, he advanced the second round. And, well, he needed that extra bonus money. Uh, Brett Kulak with the Edmonton Oilers is also advanced and Arturi Lekkonen with the uh, Colorado Avalanche also advanced to the second round.
3: And each of those guys has played uh, maybe Brett Kulak to a, a little bit less of a, uh, an extent, but, uh, Lekkonen has been great with Colorado and, and, uh, Sherrod and Toffoli, uh, respectively as well. Um, they say that the best trades are the ones that work out for both teams. Um, Kent Hughes got a, a a great return for those players, uh, for the Canadians, and uh, those players are contributing to their uh, to their new teams. and And um, so, congratulations to, to all of them, and and uh, uh, let's hope they go further.
2: Uh, ben Charrat uh, from the Florida Panthers. I mentioned that he needed the extra bonus money because, well, in uh, game number one, he was fined five thousand dollars for headbutting. Uh, lightning forward Ross Colton who was pretty blatant how it happened there in front of the net so uh Cheryl had to pay that that uh, fine for that incident in um in, in other news NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman, well, he received a visit this week from uh, the, the Quebec Nordiques Minister Eric Girard <laughs> on uh, on Thursday in New York City. Okay, his official title is Quebec Finance <laughs> no, Minister. No, you're right the first time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But he, he paid a surprise visit. Well, I wasn't surprised. It was a planned visit to visit uh, the the NHL. And Rick, it seems like at least from. Government of Quebec, for some reason, like they're very persistent in keeping those what they call those uh, lines of communication open with the league.
3: Yeah, um, and and again, we we've when we've talked about this before, um, there there's a, a bit of theater on both sides here. Uh, Gary Bettman has a problem in Arizona that we know about, uh, and and it's a way of when when he's interacting with a potential. Uh, new uh, franchise owner um, uh, franchise. Uh, uh, he's able to keep his other franchises in line for Quebec. Uh, this is all about politics. This is all about the election. This is all about um, you know a premier who's in trouble and uh, is looking to to hockey to to save him. Um, and so, but but they're going through the motions, and and both sides are playing their role. Um, and unfortunately, uh, you, you don't, I, you know, Elliot Friedman talked about toying with the emotions of, of Quebec Nordiques fans and how much he, uh, that how distasteful that is. And, and I'd agree, um, I, you know, this has uh, almost no chance of succeeding, but they're, but both sides are still going through the motion, uh, for rather selfish reasons, I'd say.
0: Yeah, you mentioned uh, all the things happening with the Arizona Coyotes. I feel like if I really wanted the Nordiques back and the NHL offered me the Arizona Coyotes, I'd say, oh, thank you, I'm good. (laughs) Uh, I'll pass on that. Yeah.
2: And in the final hockey news that we'll we'll cover uh, today, uh, Rick, uh, an honor will be given to a Canadian legend Guy Lafleur.
3: Uh, we knew about this honour uh, prior to the, to the sad news about Guy Lafleur's pla- passing, uh, but he will be given the, the Medal of Honour from uh, the Quebec Assembly. Uh, that will happen uh, this Tuesday, uh, his, his medal given, uh, obviously, posthumously, um, and uh, just uh, another honour for um, a, a great Canadian's legend.
2: All right, time to take our first break here on the Canadians Connection podcast. Coming up next in our big topic segment, we discuss how the Canadians might reshape the defense for next season. But first, a word from our sponsor, DraftKings. Stay with us. This is the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio.
1: Hockey fans, the pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on. And DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. Are you looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs? Well, with DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout.
0: Welcome back to Canadian's Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. I'm Michael Spinella. You can find me on Twitter at The Spinella. And with me in the studio, I uh, booted him off of the host chair. It's uh, Chris G, who you can find on Twitter at ChrisHabs360. Chris, Chris, how are you?
2: And it felt like musical chairs. Like I got up, (laughs) the music stopped playing, and you you sat on the host chair. Yeah, didn't
0: (laughs) even see me coming. (laughs) No, I didn't. (laughs) And also joining me in the studio is our president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. You can follow him on Twitter at allhabs. You can also follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Plus, you can visit our website at CanadiansConnection.com. I'll also give a quick reminder here. uh, Make sure you subscribe to Canadians Connection on your favorite podcast app or in the player. And you can also give us a five-star rating and let your friends know if you like what you've heard today. Rick how are you doing
3: I'm doing well uh so now you have the reins it's 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 all yours
0: yep uh, it's nice I, I enjoy the big comfy uh, host chair here it's uh, it's, uh, it's a lot nicer than the other one uh, so apologies to Chris and uh We'll uh, we'll get things started here in our big uh, topic discussion uh, today. It's uh, it's all about defense, uh, maybe some of the things that will happen over the offseason. Uh, Jeff Gordon and Kent Hughes, obviously, they have a number of things that they're going to want to accomplish over the summer. I think the big one is going to be building a new defense corps. They are going to want to provide opportunities to young Canadians, defensemen, while uh, supporting them with the experienced veteran defensemen uh, who are willing to mentor young players and uh, play on a rebuilding team. So what we'll do is uh, we'll take a quick look here at what we currently have in house and maybe some of the guys who are not currently under contract going into next season. And then uh, at the end, we'll uh, take a look into the free agency market and potentially some trades. So in terms of the NHL defensemen currently in the organization, first and foremost, uh, Shea Weber, he's on a long-term injured reserved. Uh, he will not be playing for the Montreal Canadians going forward, but uh, he still does have a contract here. So I figured I should just mention him briefly, but uh, there are three on D three big names, three veteran defensemen that we have signed going into next season. That's Jeff Petrie, David Savard and Joel Edmondson, uh, all three veterans had a pretty decent second half to the year and, uh, barring a trade that could potentially happen in the summer, uh, what are your thoughts on these three guys, starting with Rick?
3: Well, um, I think we'll, we'll set aside Shea Weber for, for the moment, uh, cause that's a whole special case. Um, yeah. And um, and we have uh, uh, Petrie, uh, Jeff Petrie, who uh, we know has uh, talked about uh, um, the difficulties that he had being separated from his family, uh, his family in Michigan, uh, Jeff in in Montreal last year. Um, now, part of it, it the, the whole situation seemed to have been exacerbated by the fact that Jeff Petrie didn't particularly enjoy playing for Dominic Ducharme and maybe improved uh, under uh, uh, Martin St. Louis. But um, it sounds like Kent Hughes is still committed to trading him. So um, again, we'll set aside Jeff Petrie. And um, I think that that, uh, the two veterans that can be counted on uh, for next season are going to be David Savard, and Joel Edmondson, um, now we can understand, and both, both would be um, uh, su- and have been superb mentors to the Canadians' younger defensemen. We've, we've heard them talk about um, how much they enjoy playing with younger defensemen and, and passing on their knowledge and communicating with them. Um, but there's, there's, with both of them, we know that Joel Edmondson missed a good portion of this past season. David Savard could be uh, an injury uh, risk as well. Um, so, you know, while they're both uh, going to be part of that, uh, that veteran uh, group to, to make up the Defense Corps, uh, it's, you can understand why Kent Hughes and uh, Jeff Corton may be looking for another veteran to add to that group.
2: Yeah, and, and in in my books, in my mind, I think that Jeff Petrie, he'll. I think you might as well consider him traded. So I doubt it that he'll be back for the Canadiens at the start of training camp for next season. I think around the draft period is the latest that he'll he'll be with another team. And like Kent Hughes mentioned, he he's exp- he'll is going to replace him with another veteran defenseman. So there's, I think we'll, we'll, we might go through some potential names later, and. We saw at the end of the season, Alexander Romanov, he was paired up with uh, David Savard. So I think they were kind of beginning of trying to build some chemistry between those two players and continue that going to over to next season. And and Joel Edinson, he seems to be uh, kind of like the glue of the team overall, because we, we've heard it even before he started playing, even while he was injured, how his name would, would come up as a good leader with the team, even though he was out with, a, with an injury for a good chunk of the season.
0: Yeah, there, there is a reason why I wanted to put those guys together. I view uh, at least Savard and Edmondson as a uh big pieces of that leadership group going into next season. So that's why I wanted to lump that crew all together. And uh, we'll certainly circle back to Petrie here in a bit, but there are two uh, younger defensemen that both uh, made their NHL debuts with the Montreal Canadiens this last season and uh, newly acquired Justin Barron. And then uh, Jordan Harris, who uh, joined the team from uh, the NCAA, they both, uh, looked pretty decent. Uh, do you think we can count on either of these players being on the NHL roster next season? And I'll uh, start with Chris on this one.
2: I think both players will um, will play in the NHL at some point. Like, I don't expect any of them to play, like, a full 82-game season with the Canadians. I expect them both to be, uh, even Kent Hughes has mentioned, it. don't be surprised if we're kind of rotating people back and forth between the Canadians and the the Laval Rocket, uh, Barron, like he only played a handful of games with the Canadians like before his unfortunate injury, and the plan for Barron was as soon as the clean season was over, you know, to head over Laval and help them and uh, and be part of the the playoff run, which I think would have been very key in his uh, development and seeing what he has and getting ready for for next season now with the with the injury and he didn't get that much playing time with with the canadians I, I i think he'll spend part of the season in montreal but a lot of it will be back and forth between both uh, cities and jordan harris you know he was alternating well you know almost alternating games where he was playing or he was scratched you not know, to get to watch the game from upstairs so i wouldn't be surprised if jordan harris begins the season in Laval, but uh, I think you will be going back and forth between uh, both teams as well.
3: Uh, there's there's uh, uh, both Justin Barron and, and Jordan Harris, and then you have to add in um, you know a Caden Gooley, um who who was in the the WHL this this season. Um, Matthias Norlander now uh, joining uh, was in Forlunda and now joining um, the Laval Rocket for the playoffs. Those four players are. Um, they're a great uh, group of, of young players uh, who are each uh, is going to be raw and have uh, different deficiencies and different things to work on and as Chris described going to be part of that rotation that movement that free flow from Montreal to uh, Laval next year and back um, so I think that uh, Kent Hughes is going to you know move those players around give them a um, uh, experience and and then when they you know they need to work on something their confidence needs uh, a boost uh, send them to the Laval and there's going to be that that constant rotation of a Baron Harris, Gooley, Norlander and uh, and maybe another uh, player or two as well.
0: Yeah and that uh, was the next point I was going to get to there with uh, both uh, Norlander and uh, Gooley uh, Norlander did get into some NHL games and some AHL games this season. Uh, Ghoulie unfortunately was in the CHL the whole season, but I did think Gooley had an awesome training camp. He looked really good in the preseason. Um, I'll send this over to Chris because he didn't get a chance to comment on these guys, but uh, what do you think about uh, Norlander and Ghoulie going into next season? And uh, I, I guess Going, It kind of goes without saying, but isn't it uh, kind of nice to have Laval so close to Montreal so that you can rotate some of these guys?
2: It is. It's very practical that uh, that the teams are so close because you can move them. Even on game day, you can move these players back and forth uh, between both clubs. But specifically for for Gouli and Norlander, like Gouli, I agree. Like last year, he he stood out in mm. in, the, in the training camp and in, in the rookie camp as well. Like he he stood out. Like you could tell that he was at a higher level than you know a lot of the players that he was that he was playing with. So so Gouli uh, he will be in, in part of that rotation as well. And we have to keep in mind that can Hughes, he, he went and he said that they'll be making decisions based on what's best for the players development and not necessarily based on like the, the team needs so that's was one of the reasons why I said well we're gonna go get a veteran. and we're not gonna put three rookies in the Canadians uh, in the Canadians lineup uh, my Norlander, I think he'll be part of the rotation as well like I see Norlander starting the season in Laval because he has the extra um, like he has the ice rink also to adapt to, which which the others defensemen that we've spoken about so far don't. So I see him getting a more a little bit more time to start off with in in Laval before getting his fair chance in uh, in the rotation with uh, with the Canadians.
3: And I'll just add to that that I think if we go back to training camp uh, since we're referencing that and the perceived depth chart on defense for the Canadians that there's been some movement there uh, because we had the. Uh, the mainstream media folks talking, really talking up uh, Matthias Norlander going into last year's camp. Uh, that they all on paper thought that the Canadians would need uh, a puck-moving defenseman like the strengths uh, that Norlander has. And as you said, it was Gouli that that um, that turned heads in that camp. Norlander not so much. Uh, now Norlander's spent the you know the season in the SHL, and that's helped him. Um, you know, in Laval uh, folks are commenting on how he seems stronger. Uh, he's bulked up a little bit. however, he still needs to adapt to the North American ice and the North, North American game. it's it's a different kind of game so uh, he has that extra, as Chris said, that extra um, thing to work on. Um, so it's going to be really interesting um, in camp to see you know how these how these uh, young defensemen, Rack up on the Canadians' depth chart.
0: Definitely, but uh, a couple RFAs that we have uh, coming up this off season. uh, There are two of them. Uh, One of them, I think, he's pretty well a lock for next season in Alexander Romanov. I I don't think there's any doubt that he's going to be a mainstay on the Montreal blue line, but uh, the other guy that I think, uh, well, we can talk about it briefly would be Cale Clegg, who Montreal claimed off of waivers this past season. Um, What do you think about those two RFAs uh, starting with Rick? Uh,
3: Well, Romanov's going to be signed. He's going to be signed, and and um, you know it's uh, the, the 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 steps that uh, Alexander Romanov took this past season, and particularly um, when he got more of an opportunity to put in big minutes under Marty St. Louis, um, was wonderful for his development. And uh, any you know he made his fair share of mistakes, but he also learned to to I think play a bit more patient of game and. Um, he's coming along quite nicely and the Canadians are going to want to uh, sign him and, and um, the little money that they, they are going to have in the off season. uh, They're going to commit some of that to Alexander Romanov. Uh, Clegg's at a a different situation, um, a waiver pickup and, and really didn't do uh, anything to distinguish himself. um, And I, I, I don't see them, uh, other than you know if they want a body. But but there's so many others who've done more. Um, you know we're going to get to Schuneman and, and also an RFA. Um, so I, I don't I, unfortunately I don't I don't see them uh, offering him a contract. Qualifying yeah. him, I uh, guess he's he's an RFA qualifying him uh, for, for next season.
2: Yeah, like uh, Romanov, like I for for the upcoming season, I'd like him to have like the, the same big responsibilities that he had at the end of the season. He was playing on uh, you know, with uh, David Savard, who was getting a lot of ice time. He was playing on the on the PK as well, uh, all the time as well at the, at the end of the season. Uh, big minutes, big key moments as well. So I I want the same usage for for him going forward, and for for Craig. You know, he was Jeff Gordon's first roster move when he was picked up from waivers on, uh, in December, if I remember correctly, by the Canadians. And, well, I don't expect him to come back to, with the Canadians for a training camp.
0: Yeah, at the time, Montreal needed a body, and Clegg was that until uh, he had some injury problems. So I, I, I agree. I don't expect Clegg to receive that qualifying offer. But uh, off to some UFAs that uh, Montreal has this year. Uh, this first one, I think we can keep it pretty short. I'll, I'll defer back to Rick on this one. And like I said, we can keep this short and sweet. Uh, William Lagason.
3: Um A body coming back in uh, the, the trade. Um, just to, to make the details work, to make the money work. Um, William... Uh, it, he, if the Canadians wanted him, uh, wanted him long term, uh, they would have had him in the lineup so that he could get enough games to qualify as an RFA. Uh, they did not, uh, so he's now an unrestricted free agent. And I think they'll um, thank him and and wish him well.
2: I think from his first shift, I think it was against the yeah, it was against the Maple Leafs. With uh, the Canadian uniform when I made a mistake and led to a goal. I think at that time we knew that he wasn't coming <laughs> back with Canadians
0: <laughs> well put I want to take a look at a few guys in uh, Laval. Uh, Some of them received uh, NHL games this uh, past season and uh, Rick kind of queued this up uh, not too long ago, but uh, I'll list them off here and you guys can let me know if you think there's potential of them coming back and uh, potentially being maybe a depth guy for Montreal next season. There's Josh Brooke, Louis Belpedio, Sammy Niku, Corey Schooneman, and Xavier Ouellette. Do any of those uh, names stand out to you? And I'll, uh, I'll go to Chris.
2: Uh, Josh Brook is an interesting case he, he's been he was injured for most of the season played a couple of games with uh, Laval JFO uh, was saying that you know he, he came in a situation where the rest of the league, the rest of his team has played so much hockey and he's just starting so it's hard for him to keep uh, to keep up so he got sent down to the Trois-Rivières Lions for their playoff run like the, the seven games in the playoffs played in the regular season as well and then when when their season was over and they recalled like the, the, the Black Aces, uh, Josh Brook wasn't one of them. Like the, it was reported that Brooke didn't come back for personal reasons. What does that mean? We haven't heard about anything about him since, so it's it's not looking good for me for for Josh Brooke. Uh, the rest of the names like the Louis Belpidio, like if he comes back, you know, like a two-way contract to remain in uh, with Laval, like just like he was this year. Uh, Sammy Nikul, if they can get him to like a like a two-way deal uh, as well, like you know, I think he he'd be good to stay in the organization as well. And same thing for for Corey Schunderman, if you can get him on a on a two-way AHL contract and they spend lots of time with the Laval Rocket, that's good. And Xavier Ouellette, was he one of the names you mentioned? Yeah. Uh, so I'll, I'll I'll throw him out there. He's a UFA. He's in a different situation where he, he could kind of choose where he wants to go. Uh, I think the names will bring him back, you know, for Laval, for his, for acting as the captain. He's been the captain of the team since Byron Fraser got traded a couple of years ago. And they, they seem to be very happy in his role with, uh, in, uh, in Laval. He seems to have accepted his role in Laval, but we'll see what he's looking for in his future. But I think if he's willing to come back and accept his role with Laval Rocket, I think we'll bring him back.
3: Um, it's, it's, uh, just to start with Josh Brook, um, he's a good guy. We've talked to him a lot. And um, his, his development has just gone sideways uh, partly because of, of uh, the injury trouble he's had. Um, pretty, yeah, I think it was uh, the, the, uh, uh, kind of a, a real sign that he wasn't made one of the black aces. And um, sadly, I, I don't think uh, Josh Brooke is coming back. Uh, Sammy Niku is, is just such an enjoyable guy. He loves playing hockey. He loves playing on the offensive side. He doesn't play much defense as a defenseman. And I think um, the Canadians have to, or or the Laval Rocket, where he, he'll likely spend most of his time, will have to kind of accept that. Um, but he, he has an element that uh, uh, really adds to the lineup, and, and uh, he would be an interesting guy to come back Corey Shuneman, I, I think he turned a lot of heads this uh, this past year. He is an RFA and I think uh, they'll they'll extend him they'll qualify him and, and he'll return. Um, Xavier Ouellette has it was a disappointment when he was sent uh, down to Laval I think for him uh, but uh, they gave him a special role, that role of a captain and he's filled it rather well. Um, I think, And that's that's served the organization well, given that there weren't many prospects in Laval the last few years. However, um, given that that's going to change uh, starting next year, um, I think that uh, guys have to learn to win, have to learn to win together and have to learn to lead together and uh players like an Alex Bellzie and Xavier Willett as long as they're in the room they're going to be the lead voices and i think the organization uh should recognize that they need their young guys to be the voices in the room and whether it's a uh, Raphael Harvey Penard or or uh, Ulanin, or uh, any of the, the defensemen that we talked about, uh, young defensemen who are going to be down there. I think they have to learn to win together. They have to learn to lead together. Uh, and I think it would be a good idea to, uh, you're going to need complementary veteran players, but not ones who are going to take up so much space in that Lavelle Rocket locker room.
0: Yeah, we talked about having uh, good mentors at the NHL level for some of the younger defensemen, but I think you also need that at the AHL level. And to me, that's where uh, guys like uh, Xavier Ouellette and uh, Sammy Niku come in. Guys who have been around for a little while now, both of them uh, have UFA status coming into this offseason, but uh, I'm hoping both of them stick around because they seem to be really big parts of that leadership core down there. And we'll uh, keep along with our uh, theme of uh, some prospects and guys in Laval. Uh, I'll, I'll defer to uh, Rick on these two. Uh, there's Arbor Jackye, who's in the OHL. He seemed to be turning a lot of heads this past season. And there's also uh, Gianni Fairbrother, who's in a bit of a different situation with Laval.
3: Gianni Fairbrother um, is, uh, again, un- unfortunately, uh, some injury issues there. Um, but he brings a completely different element to the Laval Rocket defense. When he's in the lineup, um, he's physical, um, and uh, he's he's going to be part of of uh, the 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 group going forward next year. and And let's hope he can have more of an injury free uh, uh, season. Uh, Arbor Jacki is just um, he, he's a, a whole other category on his uh, on his own, and and we saw him turn heads at. Um, at uh, the the Canadians camp last year, he's uh, big, he's mean, he's physical, he's um, he's just miserable to play against. He moved from Kitchener to uh, Hamilton um, midseason in the OHL. Um, and we've heard um, a number of players, a number of, of uh, people in the organization, including Ken Hughes, saying they're looking forward uh, to him moving from an amateur to a pro and being in Laval next year.
2: I think uh, both those players, like um, I think both of them will spend most of the year next year in Laval, if not all of it. Uh, you, John, your fair brother, you know, injuries, so he's only played, what, I think it's like 28 games over the last two seasons, so it's not a lot of uh, experience for him as a, um, as a pro. And for, same thing for for Jackie well, he hasn't played pro at all. But at the same time, there's also a lot of, like we mentioned, how many Canadians, young defensemen they have already in the roster. So when we're talking about a, a rotation, a rotation is good, but you can't have a rotation of 20 players either. So I think, uh, you know, unless there's some... Big injury issues. I expect both Fairbrother and Jack I to spend most of the season next year with uh, with Laval.
0: And uh, obviously, like we've mentioned here, uh, the Montreal Canadiens, in terms of salary cap space, they're not in a very good spot at the moment. Uh, some of what's going to happen this offseason will depend on what happens with Carey Price, because if he's playing, uh, that's a pretty big contract to still have on the books. But if he's not, that certainly clears up some cap space. I'll also mention here that uh, we do still have some Carl Alsner money. uh, Well, Carl Alsner buyout money on the books too. But uh, one of the guys I uh, left until the very end here that could come uh, with a bit of a cheap contract. He's a UFA. uh, It was Chris Weidman. I liked what he did this season, and at times I thought he was – one of the few defensemen that could help out offensively and with puck moving. Uh, starting with uh, Chris here, uh, do you think that there's a chance that Chris Weidman could stick around and uh, be a part of this defense corpse in uh, the next season?
2: Yeah, I, I think there's a very good chance that he's actually uh, back with the Canadians in a similar role that he had uh, this year. You know, at the end of the season, he wasn't playing every game. He was like acting as a number six, number seven defenseman. And I think he's a good veteran as well. Like he's been through a lot in his career, like some some ups, he had some some downs, like and every time he spoke last season to the media you could tell how grateful he was that just to get another opportunity to play in the NHL, even to put on uniform or even to practice with an NHL club. So I think he, he would be a good veteran presence as well for the for the rookies, you know, to make sure they don't take things for granted, to remind them, like, hey, you have to work hard to earn your spot. And that they just won't be handed over to them. And he's also good on the power play. You know, Canadians if they ever they need a power play specialist, Chris Weidman. I think he he did the job last season, and I think he could still do the job as a uh, power play specialist as well.
3: Yeah, I I, I agree with with all of that. Um, you know, coming from the KHL, there was questions about him. I think he answered all of those questions. Um, he was often the guy who would stand up for players uh, on, the, on the ice. Uh, and get involved, I mean, he's not, he's not a fire, he's not uh, physical, but he uh, was fearless, Um, and, you know, he, we talked, when we talked about the the Beauchamp award uh, that went to Alexander Romanov, and with, uh, you know, uh, we all agreed about that, uh, there, there was some, some, um, uh, points to make as far as Weidman to be considered uh, for that award as well, because he was a rather unsung hero all, all season long. And, and uh, um, I, I I think what a really nice addition and, and uh, he seemed to play um, uh, as many did better uh, under Marty St. Louis as well. So um, when you're looking for someone to fill a role uh, to add some veteran leadership, uh, why not go with a guy who's familiar with the system the, the, and the, the player that you already know um, uh, so well?
0: That's exactly it. I agree with all of that. And uh, like I said before, I, I was pretty impressed with, with, with uh, what uh, Chris Weidman was able to do coming uh, from a season in the, the KHL over to the NHL with Montreal. So moving along to uh, maybe a a little talk here about what could happen trade-wise. I think the two obvious things that could happen would be Jeff Petrie, who in, I guess, Chris's mind, as he mentioned off the top here, that he's pretty well traded at this point, but also the contract of uh, Shea Weber that uh, could provide uh, some additional cap space. Uh, So I I guess what are your thoughts on... uh, Trading uh, both of those guys, and are there any uh, targets that you have in mind? I'll uh, start with Rick.
3: Um, when we talk about Shea Weber, um, you know that his money is uh, is uh, LTIR, so it's not that there would be a great recoup as far as uh, cap space, but it would provide a lot more flexibility uh, for Ken Hughes. Um, and we know that Ken Hughes came very close. Um, he didn't say who, we all guessed, Arizona uh, at the trade deadline to trading Shea Weber's contract. Um, and uh, he's been, he said, Ken Hughes, that is, that he's committed to uh, trading it uh, again in the offseason. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, that makes sense. Um, as far as Jeff Petrie, um, you know, as we said earlier, Jeff Petrie seemed to have a bit of a change of heart. Um, He had a great finish to his, his season. Um, His, uh, you know, is not going to be um, an easy contract uh, to trade at all. Um, It's going to be uh, very difficult. It's, it's 6.25 million uh, for the next three years. Um, There's going to be select partners who are going to be available. And, uh, don't be surprised if the return for a Jeff Petrie is not going to be overwhelming uh what they lo- what Jeff, uh, Kent Hughes is looking for there is is cap relief that getting back that six point25 million not necessarily the haul that he's going to get for trading uh, a Jeff Petrie and,
0: uh, you know Jeff? Well, sorry, I was just going
2: to have the Canadians have 14 draft picks for this upcoming draft. So, you know, that might be a sweetener also. Like, I know, I know Ken Yu said that he he might not do that just to get rid of salary, but I'm still thinking that, you know, what are the Canadians going to do with 14 draft picks this year? Like, they're going to, uh, I doubt that they'll use all 14 of them. Or are they going to pull like a Mark Brezhavin and just keep pushing them ahead to the next season like uh, Brezhavin would always do? But I, there's no way I could see the Jeff Petrie coming back for for next season. Like, if I was running the team and I'm not, and there's probably a reason why I'm not running a team, but you know, a player who so easily like wanted to be to leave the the team and anything like I, you know, what, what's going to happen next? time a team goes in a slump. Is he going to want to get traded again? So I'd say, you know, if, if you get like a decent return for Jeff Petrie, you know, they they need to move. On uh, move on from from Jeff Petrie. and when it comes to to Shea Weber, you know the the attractive thing about Shea Weber as well is that the the cap hit is a lot higher than the actual money being paid to him, so so that makes it more interesting for uh, for another team to pick up his contract as well.
0: So a couple of uh, trade targets that uh, I think we've all seen, uh, I guess, coming through the media, coming up on Twitter, uh, two of the names that keep coming up are uh, John Klingberg and Chris Letang. Um, what do you guys think about those possibilities? I'll, uh, I'll, I'll go back to Chris for this one.
2: Uh, you know, Chris Letang, he has a huge contract now. Like the one that the, his expiring deal was at eight years, 58 million. Obviously, if he's looking for that kind of a contract again, that gets up. Uh, you know, no, right away. Like, there's, there's no. I don't think the Canadians need to pick up a Chris Letang at that, at this stage of his career for a long-term contract for, for that like huge amount of money. And like Rick mentioned earlier, the Canadians they'll, they'll have to make other moves in order to accommodate his signing. So I'm leaning toward So I'd say that no, they don't need. Uh, they shouldn't sign Chris uh, Christopher Letang When it comes to Klingberg, his current contract is was like seven years, thirty million. I'm I'm assuming he'll probably want to raise from that contract. I know this week he mentioned that he'd like to resign with Dallas, like he kind of changed his mind as well. He put the Jeff Petrie on that one. (laughs) You know, if you could get him at a good at a good number, like if the choices are between Latang and Klingberg, obviously my. I go with Klimberg as my priority from uh, from both those players.
3: Yeah, I think that um, you know what's so easy on Twitter. What's uh, what what's so easy? What that what works on paper it doesn't necessarily work uh, in real life. Uh, you you've said everything about Chris Letang that um, uh, that the, the, the money just wouldn't work. Uh, and the other part of it is why why would Chris Letang want to come to? Uh, the Canadians when um you know there's there's no opportunity for for them to be successful there's going to be a uh, in in next year and and um, it's going to be another tough year um in Klingberg uh, yes he has he has kind of recanted and said uh, he he um, he actually said I've always wanted to stay in Dallas I don't know if that's true but um, and it was, um, uh, Jim Neal who said, uh, well, um, we're glad that he wants to stay. We have to take a look and see if, if the money's going to work for us. Uh, but the, the simple, okay, we have this body, we have a Jeff, uh, Petrie we want to get rid of, um, in, in the minds of Canadians fans. Uh, so let's ship him to Dallas for somebody we want. Uh, that's, that's kind of, you know, fantasy sports kind of trades, um, or as yeah as, as Mark yeah. Bergevan used to say a PlayStation trade um, so i i don't i don't see either of those players as being um, Chris Letang on the the unrestricted free agent market or um, or Klingberg uh, as a as a as a trade option for the Canadians
0: So there are a couple, uh, I guess, more realistic names that uh, I think could be coming up in uh, free agency. Uh, We all mentioned the importance of having good veterans around to insulate the young players and maybe play the tough minutes when things aren't going well. Uh, I had a few names that came to mind here uh, looking through who's available this summer. Uh, I put down Eric Goodbranson, Keith Yandel, and Mark Stahl. Uh, I'm curious what you guys think about those names as possibilities. I think they could be like relatively cheap guys on the market. Uh, and are there any other players that come to mind? I'll go with Rick.
3: Yeah, those are the, the, the players, the three players that I had on my list. Uh, you're looking at players who are 30 years of, of age and above, um, you're looking at salaries of um, uh, digestible salaries of $2 million and, and below. Uh, Gabranson um, is uh, getting great experience uh, on the third pairing for Calgary. Uh, right now we saw what Keith Yandel was able to do mentoring uh, their, the young defenseman in um, Philadelphia. Um, Mark Stahl is, is, uh, is another veteran who, who could play that, that mentorship role um, and and we talked about uh, Chris Weidman uh, fitting into that group uh, as well. So I think those would be the kind of, of targets. And we heard Ken Hughes, we heard Pierre LeBrun say, "Oh, the Canadians are going to be very aggressive and go after the top free agents." And Ken Hughes said, "Not so fast. We're not going to be in the five star free agent market. We're going to be the uh, after the guys that you sell and that you sign." you know, not on, on, on the first day of free agency. It's going to happen uh, later. So I think those are more realistic kind of targets for the Canadians.
2: Uh, I agree that those are, I think, more realistic names as well for the reasons that you mentioned, Rick. Like it's they're, they're not going after, well, Kent You said it's not going after those A-type free agents as well. And if we look at the Canadians' uh, depth chart on defence, it looks like the right side is the one that probably needs... Sorry, that needs more help than the left side. So then, you know, the 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 Eric Goodbranson. You know, he's a right-handed defenseman. You know, he, that seems like uh, um, a good option as well for the Canadians. Like Keith Yandle, he's he's left-handed. He plays on the left side, if I'm not mistaken, with uh, the Flyers. So so those are some 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 good names that are available for that would be available for the Canadians, and it's a type of player. That uh that can't use we'll, we'll be looking for.
3: let me toss out one to you uh, to both of you, and uh, it was a name that Mark Bergervan apparently went after but lost out uh, and is now finding himself in Carolina, uh, and that's Tony D'Angelo. Uh,
2: yeah, uh, I don't think the would will go near that. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, based on his reputation, and I know things have quieted down for him quite a bit while he's been in Carolina. I don't think I want to bring that as a mentor into a dressing room with some very impressionable young defensemen. Uh, so that that will be a pass from me. Uh, <laughs> I know I know he's on a cheap contract right now. I imagine he'll be. Probably looking for a little bit more yeah. after uh, this season. But uh, now that, that'll that be, uh, that's a no from me.
3: <laughs> Just, I, I agree. Just a, a provocative suggestion, that's all.
0: <laughs> for sure. But uh, I, I could look through the list of available defensemen uh, this uh, summer all day. But uh, I, I think the three guys I pointed out and uh, the guys, uh, I guess the Rick uh, agreed with me on that, are probably the more reasonable targets, right?
3: Yep. Yep, for sure.
0: Perfect. So uh, thank you to both uh, Rick and Chris uh, for your insights. Uh, Now I think it's a good time to transition into our final break on Canadians Connection. Stay with us. This is Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio.
1: The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at Rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fanning. your year-round resource for anything HABS-related. That's allhabs.net.
2: All right, welcome back to episode 192 of the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. You can follow Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram and visit our website at com. And while you heard right, I sat in the chair before Michael did. So I'm back in the hosting chair for this uh, third uh, segment. Uh Let's begin with uh, some of the content on Rocket Sports platforms because there's always lots of content. There's no off-season when it comes to uh, Rocket Sports uh, media. Uh, ev- on Mondays, Habs Notepad on allhabs.net with a recap of uh, the latest news from across the Canadians' organization and also regularly on allhabs.net, Habs Headlines with uh, news from, uh, you know, always related to the Canadians' uh, organization. Over on the All Habs YouTube page, every Thursday, Amy Johnson posts the Habs hockey report. It's a video, uh, that's posted every week, we you know between fifteen to twenty-five minutes. And in uh, this week's episode, it was all about analytics and the Laval Rocket advancing from um, in, into the playoffs into round number three. And. In terms of podcasts, you know this one, the Canadian Connection podcast, every Saturday, even though the Canadians aren't playing on the ice, there's still lots of happening around the organization, so make sure you're subscribed in your favourite platform to make sure you don't miss an episode on uh, on Saturdays. And then every Tuesday, Amy Johnson, Rick Stevens, they bring you the press on for the latest news on the Canadians' prospects and around the AHL, and uh, Patrick Williams also contributes uh, on that podcast uh, every couple of weeks.
3: It's uh, it's the summer, and we're starting to get the warm weather now. It's uh, uh, the long weekend uh, here in Canada, Victoria Day weekend. Next weekend, Memorial Day uh, in the States. So uh, our Canadians fans, community, um, you want to stay in touch, but you don't have a lot of time. You want to enjoy the summer. So we put out information in a variety of forms, uh, short capsule articles uh, that get you up to date uh, in uh, Notepad or the headlines on allhabs.net. Uh, there's the YouTube channel um, th- that has uh, um, news on on both on on all three on uh, the Montreal Canadiens on the Laval Rocket and, uh, and the, the section on Canadians fans, youtube.com slash allhabs. Uh, that channel is uh, exploding. And then our podcast that you can take with us anywhere you go, Canadians Connection and the Press Zone.
2: And there was lots of, over the last couple of days on social media, there was lots of talk about Kane's uh, prospect Shane Wright. Wait, sorry, is that too soon? Uh, <laughs> There's lots of talk on Shane Wright, whether the Canaan should, uh, should go ahead and draft him first, or is he second, is he third, etc. So it's, you either love Shane Wright, Rick, or you, you either hate him, but uh, last week's episode
3: was a, it's a good, it was a good episode to listen to when it comes to this topic. Uh, Jerome Brube is one of the best in the business. He's the director of scouting. Um, uh, that uh, for hockey prospect, they put out the 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 black book that's uh, utilized by uh, NHL teams and and uh, t- t- any kind of uh, hockey uh, team at at any level. Um, it's it's uh, something that I have on on my shelf um, every year. And he w- he gave a, a very um, Calm approach uh, and gave the the pros and cons of of all of the top prospects. And so, if you missed episode one ninety one, you want to go back to the Canadians Connection and listen to that and get a real uh, a measured view of of the uh, draft prospects and. And there are uh, whether this is uh, a generational prospect that's available in this draft or not, the Montreal Canadiens are going to get a, a very good player. Whether it's uh, a potential top six center in in Shane Wright or Logan Cooley, whether it's a, a power winger in a Yuraslavskoski or or a top pair defenseman in a uh, David Juracek or or Simon Nemitz. Um and and all each of these players would be a welcome addition, uh, but the the you know the, the back and forth about uh, um, Shane Wright has been uh, a little over the top, and uh, particularly the criticism. Uh, one thing that Shane Wright has that no one else has is that uh, he has been under the spotlight uh, since he was fifteen years old, and uh, and he you know that w- will. Um, I think benefit him in in a hockey hotbed like Montreal, and uh, and and so that's a consideration uh, that uh, the Canadians brass have as well. So um, you know, try try not to get drawn in this this uh, being in one camp or, or another, and and look at the uh, the strengths. Um, and and things that they have to work on 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 for each of these uh, very good prospects that the Canadians will have to pick from.
0: Episode one ninety one is definitely a must listen for Habs fans before the draft. Uh, that uh, big topic segment uh, it it provides a lot of really good insights. I can confirm that. And to be honest, uh, what I can say about Chain Wright here is up until the draft lottery, I felt like it was pretty unanimous that he was the number one pick in pretty much everyone's minds. That's only recently changed uh, with the emergency, with the emergence of uh, Uriah Slavkovsky in his play. But either way, I think Montreal was going to make the correct decision here. Yeah.
2: And uh, and this week, Michael, there's uh, a a couple more important games coming up in the World Championships.
0: Yes, uh, but first I think we also have our Canadians Connection question of the week, right?
3: We do, and that is, uh, should the Canadians, as we talked about in our big topic segment, should the Canadians keep uh, or trade, uh, Jeff Petrie? And uh, this, you would have gotten some very different answers if you had asked this question, maybe in January. Um, I think the, the Canadians' uh, fan base was ready to usher him out uh, at that point. Maybe views have softened. Um, and and maybe, you know, there is a case to be made if the Canadians are going to have to withhold salary. Um, and we talked about having a mentor. Well, there's a, a Jeff Petrie as, as a mentor. Maybe that's a case that can be made, although um, Chris counted that as well. So our Canadians question of the week is should the Canadians keep or trade Jeff Petrie and uh, yes now uh, you're quite welcome to talk about uh, the other hockey that's being played this week.
0: Yep, of course. <laughs> so uh, obviously, it's it's a long weekend. So let's kick off May the 23rd uh, with uh, the IIHF World Championships. It's going to be Canada versus uh, Denmark. We'll see whether or not uh, Frederick Decau will get the start for Denmark And net. Maybe he'll be able to redeem himself. And then the very next day on the 24th, it's Canada versus France. Uh, I'm I think a few years back, France actually beat Canada in the shootout, so I'm always nervous for this matchup. And then we'll head over to the 26th. That will be the quarterfinals. We'll see how things uh, measure up. Hopefully, Canada will be in there. And then the semifinals on the 28th.
3: And Chris, just uh, you're going to be at Place Bell. Just remind folks uh, what's uh, we talked about it earlier in the first segment. But remind folks about the, uh, the 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 North Division final that the Laval Rocket find themselves in.
2: Yeah, I guess the Rochester Americans game number one Sunday night at uh, seven o'clock at Place Bell has it's already been declared a, a full house, sold out crowd for Sunday, so it's going to it should be a loud building again, like it's been since the start of the playoffs. Your and seats reserved.
3: Your seats reserved there in the press box.
2: I, I I do, and it's right down the middle, so which is which is a great uh, it's a great view. I always appreciate it that they yes, assign me my spot over there and uh, the whiteout tradition is going to continue uh, for the, in in Laval and then game two of that series will be Monday night at 7 o'clock so a reminder for everybody you know, to watch complete coverage over at AHL.Report uh, the website or on the AHL Report on Twitter, Facebook, etc all over the uh, Rocket Sports social media platform so it's It'll be an exciting, it'll be an exciting series and exciting time for the uh, Laval Rocket organization as well.
3: And just a heads up to uh, check into the press zone on Tuesday, because by that point, uh, the, the first two games of the series will have already been played.
2: Yeah and then don't forget to check in next saturday another edition of the canadians connection uh, podcast no off season for this podcast w- uh, we're going to run every week during the until the canadians training camp throughout the draft pick free agency season so as you can tell it there's always news about the montreal canadians happening every week so there's always lots of items to discuss on the canadians connection podcast so thank you michael
0: Thank you very much for having me.
2: And, you know, like, uh, I won the battle for the chair, two out of three. So uh, (laughs) I'm so happy with my uh, 667 average. So it's good. I'll get revenge next week. (laughs) 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 And thank you, Rick, as well.
3: Thank you, too. Thank you both for uh, this sitting in the host chair. And and, uh, we'll see you both again next week.
2: And don't forget to subscribe to Kinect's Connection Podcast on your favorite podcast app, Rate. Leave a comment, tell everybody about the Canadian's Connection podcast, and we'll be back next Saturday for another edition. Thank you for listening to Canadian's Connection on Rocket Sports Radio.
1: Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadian's Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens.